As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, SimulTV.com, SimulTV.com. What's SimulTV.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean SimulTV.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a SimulTV.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about SimulTV.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share innovative thoughts and explore deepening truth in support of the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be looking at presence of mind in a changing world. Presence of mind, mindfulness. The concepts have been around for a long time, yet few understand, much less employ the true practice, even those that profess to do so. Over the ages, like many originally valid modalities, many mindfulness practices have devolved into dogmatic, grandiose, heady concepts that fall flat when put to the test. Yet now, during our challenging, rapidly shifting times, presence of mind and mindfulness are greatly needed to help us find our way. How can we resurrect the true concepts and practice, sans the hype, 
hysteria, and spiritual arrogance that's come to be associated with it. With us this hour to investigate mindfulness is Keith McPherson. Keith is a speaker, coach, musician, and yoga instructor. He's also the author of the new book, Making Sense of Mindfulness. His popular keynotes and workshops, along with his live yoga classes, are often packed with hundreds of people and downloaded thousands of times online. Keith has spent over 20 years touring globally as a speaker and professional musician. His website, keithmcpherson.ca. Keith, thanks so much for joining us on Science, the Mission Evolution. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm just so excited to be uh, in conversation with you today. Yeah, I think we'll uncover some fun stuff. Um, what kind of coaching do you do? Um, well, I do. I mean, it's traditional life coaching. So I'm coaching people one-on-one, and I work with groups. And um, it definitely has a bit of an intention of mindfulness in the work I do, but it's um, very much holistic coaching. So I'm dealing with people on issues, everything from relationship issues to financial struggles to career and on and on and on. And it's, I'm finding all connected. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, things are getting more and more connected, aren't they? Yeah. So where did really you, you get your training? Yeah, I studied uh, with the Coaching Training Institute, this uh, incredible program out of San Rafael, California. And um, yeah, it's quite an extensive training. They, they call it the Harvard of Coach Training. So it's, um, it's quite an amazing program. I highly recommend it for anyone looking into doing that as a career, for sure. Nice. nice. So what subjects do you lecture on? Yeah, well, my main passion and topic right now is uh, on, on the topic of mindfulness. I feel like we're really living in a time where we're just so bombarded by noise. And, um, you know, especially with the advances of technology, although there's a lot of great things about that, I find that our world has just sped up and there's just so much expectation on us all. And, you know, our phones are buzzing, telling us where we should eat and at what time and who we should be friends with and on and on. And I just felt compelled to um, to speak about the practice of mindfulness, which is another way of approaching all of this busyness that's coming at us and uh, trying to find some balance and peace. Well, so we start out on the same page. Let's have you define mindfulness for us. Yeah, you know, one of the best definitions of mindfulness uh, came from an author named Susan Kaiser Greenland, and um, I use that because it's really stuck with me. And she says mindfulness is the practice of paying attention to yourself, other people, and the world around you in the present moment with kindness. And at first that sounds so easy to do, but consider that even when it comes down to paying attention to ourselves with kindness, so many of us struggle. You know, we, uh, we get in front of the mirror and we look at ourselves, and the first thing we do is we beat ourselves up and we think about, oh, bad hair day, and, you know, I've got to get to the gym and I've got to improve myself. So this practice of mindfulness is getting really, really present with um, how are we being in the present moment uh, with ourselves and with other people? And are we um, moving forward in a way of kindness or are we beating ourselves up? So it's, um, it's quite a profound practice, you know, even though it sounds simple to actually put that into action takes a lot of um, consciousness. Well, being kind to ourselves is a tall order when all the media is telling us that we're lacking so that we can buy something to make ourselves okay. Absolutely. Resilience is so key here to uh, to really reprogramming and reconditioning our mindset. So is mindfulness considered a spiritual practice? That's a great question. You know, I, I was so intrigued when I 
started working on this book, I, I interviewed a bunch of people and um, I was on a quest to find out what this word means because it's such a buzzword in our culture. You know, we hear it on the on all the talk shows and people are writing about it. And it was just funny when I when I spoke with people about what does this word mean? Some of the answers back just totally startled me. Someone said, isn't that that practice where you, you sit around in a circle and, and taste raisins? And I was like, what? <laughs> Apparently there's a practice where you slow down and you get a raisin and everybody tastes it and slows down and tastes the texture. So there is an element to that. Um, spiritually speaking, some people um, relate mindfulness to Buddhism and the, the practices associated with Buddhism. And the Buddhists have definitely incorporated um, a type of mindfulness into their world. I, uh, I went a little bit further beyond that scope with uh, my interpretation of it. I, I was also intrigued by the ancient Hawaiians. The, uh, the, the ancient Hawaiians had this incredible practice of mindfulness that they didn't call mindfulness. Um, they called it huna. But a lot of the uh, traditions and practices from that, that place really um, emerged and are emerging again, and I found a lot of resonance there. So is mindfulness spiritual? Um, I believe there's elements of it for sure. I mean, when we slow down and we get present, um, our intuition and our, our higher self, whatever you want to call that source, comes through and we get informed. So there definitely is elements of spirituality to it. Was the um, Hawaiian variety, was, was that a shamanic practice? There definitely was some elements of, yeah, Hawaiian shamanism in there for sure. And um, the, one of my teachers uh, who originated from Hawaii, uh, Dr. Serge King, who has a I'm not sure if you're aware of his work. It's called Aloha International. It is a, uh, it's a shaman. And um, so a lot of those shamanic practices are so relevant today, just in terms of um, how to navigate in a world where we're up against all of this noise. <laughs> how sure. many, how, how have the mindfulness practices employed today diverged from the originals? Yeah, well, a, a real misconception that I'm, I'm noticing when I go out and give lectures is, people think that this is another add-on on their to-do list. Like somehow they've got to do mindfulness. So I've got to sit for an hour on a meditation cushion and close my eyes and breathe. And um, this is, you know, the formal, maybe traditional version of it. Um, but what I try to convey is that mindfulness is not necessarily another add-on on your to-do list. It's a way of monitoring how am I being as I'm moving through my day. So, moving out of the traditional sense that I've got to somehow just completely shut everything off and be still, which I think there is value to that formal practice if you can carve it into your day. But it's also a matter of, you know, in every conversation I'm having or as I'm tasting my meals or as I'm going through all the work activities of the day, am I um, present of how I'm actually being while I'm doing what it is that I'm doing? So it's... um. To me, it's a little bit more informal where a lot of the benefits pay off these days. You know, I, my, my background is shamanism, and my original teacher was a Lakota elder. And uh, what you're uh -huh. talking about reminds me of him. When he would be doing anything, it had his total attention. And I can still remember those gnarled old hands, the way they'd reverently handle anything he was working with. That's a form of mindfulness, isn't it, as you're defining it? It really is. You know, last night I was... Um, on a plane ride flying into Nashville, and I was sitting with uh, this, this young girl who was totally 
having a panic attack because we were flying into a tornado last night. Oh, <laughs> lovely. And Man. The, the plane was just bouncing out of control, and I don't think I've been on a plane that wild. And for a moment, I caught myself going into to fear mode of worrying, oh, my gosh, what if this plane crashes? What if we don't make it? And she beside me was going, oh, my gosh, this is my worst nightmare. And I was all of a sudden reminded of the practices of, um, of mindfulness and what you're speaking about, the focus of attention. And, you know, the, the ancient shamans in Hawaii would stand on the beach when a hurricane was coming to shore, and they would literally do something called grokking. We, we tend to mimic each other very naturally um, just as human beings. But they would um, get into rapport with the hurricane approaching shore and literally assume and become it, like in mind and body and feeling, and they would they become 99% and then have this ability with their focus to literally just ease it away from the island, and it would pass, and it would go by. So last night, as I was in conversation with this girl on the plane, I thought, I'm going to try this out. So I got really present. I said, let's just close our eyes, and it was like mindfulness 101 on the flight. And I said, let's just focus on our breathing. And as we did, I, I got into rapport with the plane bouncing, and I thought, you know what? We can shift this right now. And this was the most incredible thing, but about two minutes of just becoming this bouncing plane in the air towards the tornado, um, a shift happened, and the rest of the flight was absolutely, like, no, no bouncing. It was just absolutely flawless. It was amazing. So I think there really is something to the power of our focus and our mind and our attention and what we think, what we feel, what we believe. So, yeah, you're right onto that with Lakota. <laughs> well, we'll Absolutely. have to pick up. We'll have to pick up on that on the other side because I think we both have seen uh, amazing things that indicate we have more powerful thought patterns when we're in the present than otherwise. <laughs> so, but it's time for a short pause. Keith, Keith and I will okay. be back after this commercial break. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by shaman worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. 
Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com, or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Xzone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Remember, past episodes are available on our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and our special guest this hour is Keith McPherson. His website, keithmcpherson.ca. Keith, we were just talking about how if one can be mindful and in the present moment, the focusing of thoughts can actually have an effect on um, natural events and on nature. And I've seen this again and again and again from different shamanic tribes where they would work on a rain dance or moving a storm off a different direction or whatever. Um, would you go on with that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that there's something really powerful about when we align our conscious mind and our unconscious mind. You know, um, a lot. I was writing a lot about this in the book. Um, I call it the mind fully aware principle. And for a lot of us, we're only living one third of who we are. We're in our conscious mind, the part of us that's, um, you know, thinking and making decisions all day. 
A lot of us, it's the analytical part that's just trying to figure everything out. But we've got this unconscious mind that a lot of us aren't consciously aware of that's uh, holding our memory, is connected to everything. It's um, the part of us that's very literal. It takes things at face value. Um, it's running patterns. Some would say our unconscious mind is also our, our physical body because it's holding memory. You know, the part of us that um, just instinctively remembers to grow our fingernails and beat our heart and breathe our breath. And um, it's been said in, in this mindfully aware paradigm that when we align our conscious mind and our unconscious mind, because they're actually always speaking to each other back and forth, mind, body, some would say, um, when we align those two parts of ourselves and get really present, um, all of a sudden we become really effective in the world in terms of being able to shift things and being able to create the reality around us that we want to see. Um, since I'm referencing Hawaii so much, just because their practices were so inspiring, they would they believe that actually the um, the beginning of the day happened as the sun was setting at night. They called that the morning, as the sun went down on the horizon and it got dark. And if you consider this, um, another one of these principles that I write about is called everything begins as an inner dream. You know, the thoughts and our imagination, um, as the sun goes down at night, or as we go into dream time in our mind, whether we're sleeping or you're in a daydream during the day, what you think about in your internal mind is what's the origination of what's going to show up in the world around you. And so these thoughts that we think become things. So as the sun started rising on the horizon in what we might call the morning, the Hawaiians said this is actually the afternoon of the day because literally what you're dreaming about in that internal place of imagination starts showing up like the sun rising on the horizon. So it's quite a powerful thing. Um, one of my big mentors, Louise Hay, used to ask the question, are your thoughts building you up or are your thoughts beating you up on a regular basis? And it's just an incredibly powerful mindfulness practice to just such become a good aware point. of right now. Yeah, that's such you a good know? point because we, when we're in alpha, um, you know, we're, we're in a creative space. And uh, there's a lot of studies now showing that we're actually creating a matrix at the quantum level that our future is going to form around. And if we're doing that unconsciously, we're manifesting unconsciously, and we see what's the results out there, right? How much Absolutely. effect? How much effect do you think a mindfulness practice, where we're more mindful of what we're creating in the invisible, can have on the state of the planet? Oh, I think it's transformative. I think if we became more aware of what we're thinking about, and also very aware of what we're feeling on the body level and the unconscious mind level. Um, that's when the healing takes place. And like right now, I think we're living in such an incredible time. I mean, we're, we're seeing such huge shifts in the world and there's a lot of chaos and turmoil and things are out of balance. And so a mindfulness practice is crucial right now in order to be part of the change towards harmony and alignment. And it's getting our, our own thinking and our own feeling in, in check with each other so that we can be of use in, on the planet and, and inspire others. So like you say, you know, things are moving much more quickly. There's different reasons for it. Maybe it's just the technology. Maybe it's because there's so many of us around. Maybe it's, you know, the, the information highway. Maybe it's where we are in the, in the universe. But things are quickening, and we have less and less and less room for error. So being mindful is, is hugely important right now, and yet most people don't really know what it means. 
How can we get the idea across? Because, you know, people think, well, like you say, it's a practice. You sit down, you do it. No. What about the processing? What about the introspection? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's um, a number of different principles. I have five of them that I, I wrote about, and they're principles to integrate into your daily life. And um, a couple of key pieces to that. How, how do we actually implement this practice? Um, two, two key ones that pop up for me. One is um, to notice this part of us that um, goes into critique mode and self-doubt mode. Um, it's something I think Carl Jung deemed the saboteur. And the saboteur mindset is that voice or that feeling that comes over you of fear that tells you things aren't going to work out. Um, you're not good enough. You're not doing a good enough job. Um, on and on and on all day long. So one practice is to start exposing the saboteur, to start noticing when that um, false evidence appearing real, which is also fear, shows up in our conscious mind, and to name it and to go, hang on a minute, this is a saboteur coming up that's trying to stop me from what my intuitive self is actually wanting. And, you know, the saboteur part of us is actually not a bad thing. It's the part of us that is part of our primal brain that's trying to protect us from being attacked by lions or bears. But the reality is um, it's, it's a false sense of safety and it's keeping us in this bubble of what we might consider false evidence appearing real. So one practice is to get really conscious on who, what does my saboteur look like? How does it communicate with me? Is it a voice in my head telling me I can't or I shouldn't, I can't afford this, there's not enough time, life is hard? Or is it a feeling like uh, that keeps me up at night, you know, a tightening in the chest or a sinking in the belly? Um, I've even had some people draw a picture of what theirs looks like so that when that aspect comes up, you can name it. And by naming it and claiming it, there's freedom. It's like, okay, I no longer have to be a slave to this conditioned mindset that's telling me something, false evidence is going to happen. And it's, um, you know, so that's one strategy that I find really effective as I'm going through the day is to just start noticing that. I'd like to go into the anatomy of a saboteur. <laughs> so is the saboteur a conglomeration <laughs> of triggers from our past damage or uh, socialization or belief systems passed down from our folks? Absolutely. It's, um, it's based on conditioning where we just accept it. You know, we, we are born into the world and all of a sudden we adopt all of these ways of thinking that are really temporary. I mean, um, I remember when I was a kid, my mom used to say, if a bee comes around when you're playing outside, you've got to come inside because if you get stung, you might die. And I was terrified of bees. And, you know, little to be said, eventually I got stung by a bee and I didn't die. But this story has been told through generations back from, you know, I think my grandma's grandma, who maybe at some point somebody died. But it's no longer real. It's, it's, it's false evidence, and it's fear getting passed along. So it's, it's really time to start identifying what, what are these patterns that we've adopted, this conditioning that we've picked up that isn't working for us anymore. And I understand now is a time when we can really get in there and find those things. <laughs> Absolutely. You just have to turn on the news for a moment. And, uh, and you, you hear this, this collective saboteur, too, which I think is so interesting. You know, um, just unspoken agreements that, that get made between groups of people. And all of a sudden, you know, they're right and you're wrong. And all of the separation that we're seeing in the world is really um, unspoken saboteur that's just being adopted because 
we're not being conscious of what what it is that we're actually thinking about and what we want to believe and what's or the truth is so to speak. so you know is it just a happenstance or is there somebody with their finger on the trigger of this one <laughs> that's really interesting that's a great question Whew, well i what pops up for me as you say that right away is i think there's an invitation to return back to the place we originated um i think there's an invitation to return back to this place of spirit, of intuition, inner teacher. You know, when I read the wisest books from the Bhagavad Gita to the Tao Te Ching to the Bible, I mean, they all talk about co-creating with that that higher self, that God, spirit, Buddha, whatever we want to call it in the conscious mind, that, that source. And when we co-create with that place, I think that changes and shifting and alignment just happens. So when I think about it, um, I think there's a lot to be learned from saboteur, and some of us have to go through those things in order to, to rise up and awaken to the spirit. And I think it's there's still an element of spirit that brings us these struggles. But ultimately, the invitation is always to return back to the spirit. And where do we find the spirit? It's in the present moment. It's in the awareness of the here and now. This is where we are informed from the intuit, the, the in spirit of what we need to do and how we need to be. Is it not also within? It's within, absolutely within. Um, in, in, the, in the mind fully aware paradigm, I think um, one thing here that, that I've found is that spirit can't be separated. It's not separate from us. It, 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 it's within us. It, it, it is us. It's an aspect of us. It's where we came from. And underneath the surface of all that separates us, you know, you're, you're this skin color, you're this race, you're this political party. Under all of that temporary human conditioning, there's something that's connecting us together. Uh, and when we, when we tap into that, that's where the power is. That's where the truth is. I found this through being a musician my whole life. Um, the power of music, a good song comes on, and all of a sudden well, we're everybody gonna, starts we're singing gonna have to along. Pick up- we're going to have to pick up with the power of music, which I love, on the other side of yet another short pause. Keith and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break. So you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. 
Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. N.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest tools and information to support the path to enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and we're speaking with Keith, Keith McPherson, his website, keithmcpherson.com. Keith, we were about to talk about the power of music. It's such a unifying force, isn't it? It absolutely is. It's, uh, to me, it's actually part of the foundation of a mindfulness practice. At least an entryway to it. Um, I this I found out about this way back when I was in grade seven, and I was failing. In, I'm from Canada, and in Canada we have to study French, and uh, I was failing French class in grade seven. And I went to my teacher in tears, and I said, "Is there anything I could do to get my grade up?" And my teacher gave me an extra project. She said, "One extra chance." So I went home that night, and my mom had this guitar laying around at the house, and I picked it up and learned a few chords, and all of a sudden it dawned on me that I could record a song into French. So I translated the Bob Dylan song, Blowing in the Wind, into Souffle dans le vent, and mm. I recorded it on a cassette tape, handed it in, got an A-plus on the assignment, which got my mark up in French to a D-minus, and my teacher asked if I wanted to sing this in front of the school. And with a lot of resistance, I got up in front of the entire school and sang. And my worst nightmare came true. Um, my classmates all started making fun of me. And in the middle of the song, my saboteur, that voice in my head came up and was screaming at me, you're failing, this is going so bad. And I remembered I learned um, another song called The Cat Came Back, which is this kid's song. And I just intuitively got this whisper to break into it. And I started playing it. And all of a sudden, the entire energy of the school gym changed. And what went from this kind of sea of kids laughing 
turned into a big sing-along. And it was one of the most powerful moments in my life to see a whole school community singing along. And this pattern has traveled with me throughout my life of just anytime I start playing music, I see the connection. I see underneath the surface of what separates us, all things are connected. And, and this has become a real foundation of this practice. You know, every music, all music, has at its base rhythm of one form or another. Does that align with the rhythm of the earth and that align us all together? How does that work? I believe so. I think that um, every time a sound vibration goes out into the world, there's energy attached to it. And um, when we're consciously doing that and we're coming from a place of harmony and unity, uh, there's just so much healing in that, in um, the power of sound vibration. I mean, we see this in practices like sound healing. So yes, I think it, it definitely is. And, you know, everything in this form um, is sound vibration. Everything has a sound to it. And if you're listening and paying attention to it, um, there's wisdom and there's connection to be heard. There's, you move out of that place of separation to a place of really noticing everything is connected. It's oneness. So yeah, it's powerful. amazing how, how much music has been inspired by nature. Vivaldi's Four Seasons, we could go on and on and on and on. Um, it's kind of yeah. like a channeling of that oneness, isn't it? It really is, you know, and I think that um, one just has to go for a walk and pay attention to the nature around them and it, to see yourself in like a blade of grass or in a, a tree that's swaying in the wind, to, to see the same elements of who we are at our core. It's... Um, I mean, it's just it's the oneness, it's the presence, it's the spirit. It's very powerful. But you have to be mindful to do it now, don't you? <laughs> yeah, if you're thinking about what you're going to be buying at Costco or Walmart on the weekend, you're going to have <laughs> issues if your mind's just out of the present, overthinking. That's where a lot of us get caught up, is that our mind wanders out of the now. And, you know, in this very present moment, if you're right here with me, and you haven't left the building in your mind, if you're here in your mind, your body... Um, the present moment is where all the secrets are, where all the wisdom is. But have you ever noticed that when you start, you, you have to go, you have to go into the past or the future. Um, that's where all of our fear is based, the story of what's going to happen or what happened. But to come back when we catch ourselves, oh, I'm in fear mode, and to come back to the now, this present moment has so much to teach us. And the answers we're looking for are right there. They're right here in front of us, but we've got to pay attention. I remember I had a very strange experience. Um, I'd been at a retreat um, for several weeks and was being very mindful and very present and all that stuff and went to the airport to fly home, by the way, and um, I was the only one there. I was completely alone. There was nobody else there. In everybody the was on to the next. Yeah, everybody was on to the next flight, or regretting the person they just left, or doing whatever they were doing. And I have never felt in such a vacuum like that. I actually had to get up and go step outside for a little bit to connect. Wow, <laughs> that's unbelievable. So, did you fly by yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was traveling by myself. But, but what what struck me is how people are so totally out of the present moment, and how can they connect? You know, the the whole place is full of people, and it was empty. Wow, that's unbelievable. <laughs> what are the it's greatest so often, mis- I mean, Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's, it's just so often when um, you walk down the street, just you can see people in their heads just not here. But, but they're mm-hmm. in the body, but they've left the building. Um, it, it's even been said, the Harvard studies talk about this, 
we leave the conscious present moment approximately 47% of the time our mind wanders. So mm-hmm. we miss, we're missing out on half of our life because we're not here. So yeah, that's, that's a scary thing. What are the greatest mistakes and misunderstandings in our modern day approach to mindfulness? What are some of the... What are the greatest mistakes and misunderstandings in our modern day approach to mindfulness? Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's... Um, people get very caught up in in the, the part that it's got to be somehow a... Um, like a spirit, uh, like a religious spiritual practice, and they try to define it, and they try to go, well, this is mindfulness, and I think that uh, that's a huge misconception, and and almost mistake. You're missing out on the point. This is just really the practice of showing up, of being here, of noticing and observing what's what's happening within you, um, mentally and physically and emotionally, and when when that happens. Um, we come back. So I think the biggest misconception is just this idea that um, somehow <laughs> we have to, like, like I was saying earlier, sit on a cushion or be uh, be the Buddha in order to, to experience this. So. Isn't that what's happened to most of our practices, though? They've become dogmatic, and the rituals themselves are worshipped rather than being the vehicle. Yes, absolutely. And I think that, again, is what we've been speaking about a lot on this is this idea of when we go into that separation mode, um, when we start going, well, this is it, or this is it, you know, um, we forget that really the point of the whole practice is to return back to unity, to, to oneness, to peace. That's what we're ultimately looking for. So yeah. it's but our like whole, the, the conscious mind t- takes over, right? Our whole education system has conditioned us into getting it right and doing it right. Being is not even a concept that's taught in schools. How can we transcend that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of schools, I I have a program called Pono Life Schools that I just started. And the whole concept of this program is to start integrating some uh, formal practice of mindfulness into the school system where, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's five minutes a day, students just literally... um, put down their pens, stop all of the studies, the intellectual studies, and uh, all the lessons are about connecting back to um, what am I feeling right now? What's going on within me? Um, Presence practices of just simple anchored breathing. And they say, and in the studies, they show that just simply pausing and returning back to the present um, focus improves. Um, They find that uh, overall well-being improves, connection improves, innovation, creativity. So I, I think just taking those moments to pause in the middle of the day are just huge practices that um, that are transformative. We have a few, few uh, people uh, implementing that in the U.S. schools, and it's having amazing effect. They're implementing, you know, meditate, meditative practices in yoga. Instead of sending them to, to um, detention, they have a, a quiet room where they go and, and practice, and the results are astounding. Oh, that is wonderful. I'm really Absolutely. glad to see it happen. You know, yeah. those, the students that, um, you know, are the problem child are, are typically the ones that are trying to wake us all back up to the present moment. They're going, hang on a minute. It's not just all conscious intellectual stuff here. Like, a lot of times it's the creative kids that are trying to learn in a different way, in a different form, and we've deemed them as they're bad. they got to go to the detention room, like you say. But to invite them to, um, 
it's a practice of, well, okay, what's here now? What do you need right now? As opposed to you should be and you need to be. It's, it's really time to stop shooting on ourselves. Anytime that, that word should is used, <laughs> you should be more like this or you should have done that. It's like just total guilt and disconnect. It's like, it's more of what, what's here now? What's happening here now? What do you need right now? That's the best way to grow, I think. I agree. And, and more and more and more children coming in have little tolerance for the old way of being. It seems like we've got some gifted ones coming on deck. <laughs> we sure do. It's, uh, it's actually a really exciting time for the next generation in that way. I think so. Yes. I think so. So what's the major thing standing between most people and being mindful? The major thing standing between most people and being mindful. That's a great question. Um, I think it's when you go to, uh, uh, when you get up in the morning and you, it's this concept of there's not enough time. Um, Robert Holden, another real mentor and colleague of mine, talks about this. He says, um, you know, this all began when somebody had the thought in the shower, there's not enough time to shampoo my hair with one bottle and condition it with the other. We need to make a two-in-one. And, um, because it's going to save time because there's not enough time and you haven't even left the bathroom and then you get to the kitchen and you're about to have breakfast and the thought, the saboteur thought comes up, well, there's not enough time to chew my food. I got to get to work. I'm in a rush. I got to get somewhere. And we're in this culture of on the go marketing. I don't know if you've noticed, but everything's packaged on the go. We'll need to talk. We'll need to talk about grab and go because I need to grab and go for another break. (laughs) Keith and I will be back shortly, so don't you dare go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games, No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Path Home Shamanic Art School has just launched a new online series of classes, Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow. In these classes, composed and taught by Path Home founder and director Gwilda Wiecka, you'll learn practical shamanic skills to support your daily life, such as how to build a medicine wheel to access the power of the earth, perform a shamanic journey, create sacred space in which to live and work, empower your life with totem animals, elementals, and fairy folk, and learn the art of accurately reading signs and omens. These tried and true skills are the key to living a powerful, productive life. Visit us at findyourpathhome.com to see the ever-growing collection of classes and leading-edge information to support you during these times of uncertainty and transition. 
All can be found at findyourpathhome.com. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest developments in an evolving world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. I always love suggestions from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org and propose a topic or guest that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our guest this hour is Keith McPherson. His website, keithmcpherson.ca. Keith, we were about to grab and go. Tell me about the grab and go. I love it. Well, as I was saying before the break, you know, everything in our culture is just marketed on the go, grab and go, got to get and go. And it's like this idea that we're all getting somewhere. Um, Often when people say, you know, how are you doing? The, The response is, oh, I'm getting there. And like the big question is, where exactly are we going? And, and what do we have to get to? And, you know, this, this concept of <laughs> a lot of us will say, you know, I'll get to that eventually, but first I've got to do this. But it, it ends up feeling like we're on this constant hamster wheel of just always trying to get somewhere. And so I think to answer the question before the break around what's the biggest um, hindrance between mindfulness practice and, and where we are is, is this conditioning that we've got to get somewhere and we've got to do something and we've got to be something. And it's very counterintuitive to just go, okay, I've arrived, I'm here, and I'm in the present, and I'm always in the present, which is such irony, because <laughs> even when you don't think that you're in the present, you're in the present. It's always here. And it's just a matter of realigning our thinking and our feeling to here. What I've found is that we can get on a grindstone and say, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, and yet... I actually cripple ourselves from doing it because we're so hyper-focused on doing something that we're really in resistance of. If you just take that deep breath and go, well, I do need to get this done, but this might not be what life is calling for at the moment. Go to something else, and then you, you re-enter the flow. How can mindfulness help us do that? I love that. Well, uh, this reminds me of when I was um, standing on my back deck a year ago. I got married last year, and part of getting married meant I had to... Um, separate from the house I'd been in for 12 years. And it, I loved the house I was in. And uh, my wife said, no, we need to buy a house together. So I was standing in the backyard. Uh, I was in Canada at the time. There was snow on the ground. Um, it was around March. And I was in my head, and I was just overthinking all of the future worries of, are we going to be able to afford the mortgage? Um, is this going to go okay? Is this the right decision? And I caught myself. And in that moment, I went, hang on a minute. You need to practice what you preach, buddy. So I took a deep few breaths 
I think this is one of the most powerful things we have available is our breathing. I took a few deep breaths, and in the present moment, I, I'm a rare musician that I've never done drugs, but I felt like I was hallucinating. This butterfly flew around the corner of my house and crossed my path. And you got to remember, there's snow on the ground. Like This is really out of season. This butterfly flies across my path and vanishes. And I, could, I, I was just intrigued in the moment all of a sudden after this breath. So I, I looked up, what does it mean when a butterfly crosses your path? And the first thing I read said, be open to new beginnings. And in that moment, I just went, yes, it's the present moment that's got the answers. So one of the best ways that I've found to integrate mindfulness practice, and we hear this a lot, but it's so powerful, is to breathe, to really come back to our breathing. Because when we take a few deep breaths, it calms the nervous system. It slows down the busy mind. It, re- it resets us into the present where this moment has the answers for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, another, another concept yeah. I love you talking about, and that is the open mind. You just brought it up. What is having an open mind? Why is having an open mind so important? Yeah, and it's a common phrase we use a lot, open, have an open mind. Well, um, because when we open our mind beyond uh, the lid of the jar, <laughs> there's been experiments with fleas where if you put a flea in a jar, it, it jumps 100 times its height, so it'll just jump right out of the jar. But if you put a lid on the jar, the flea jumps and continually hits the bottom of the lid till it learns, oh, this is not such a good idea. So eventually the flea learns to only jump so high as to not hit the bottom of the lid. So even when you take the lid off in this experiment, the flea never jumps out of the jar again for the rest of its life. It's been conditioned to be in a pattern of just what it believes is is safety. So this, to me, is the antithesis of what happens when we don't open our mind. We get stuck in these patterns, and we only grow so much, and we only open ourselves up to so much. So the invitation to opening the mind is to take the lid off the jar, to rise above what the Hawaiians would call pilikia, trauma, drama, sticky troubles, <laughs> and to look above and to see that we have this wide open world, this all possibility, and my limited thinking has been keeping me stuck in this jar. What's possible? What is spirit calling me towards? And... Um, so to me, that's crucial, especially in the times we're living right now. It's, it's crucial to open our mind beyond the lid of the jar. Yeah, the mind trap, huh? The mind's become the ceiling of our creativity. Absolutely. I mean, we see this especially in business, too, the, the lack of creativity, the lack of innovation, and, and the invitation to return back to the creative beings that we are to, to honor that intuitive truth within us that's telling us, paint that picture, do the drawing, take it outside of the, the comfort zone of the box and, you know, press into what, what the Spirit's calling you towards. It's, um, that's truly living in the present. What's an open mind in the dream time? Oh, I love that. Um, well, to, to consider that, you know, we spend at least half of our lives in dream time, literally when we're sleeping at night. And, Dream time, the unconscious mind, dream time. Um, as I was saying earlier, the unconscious mind holds all of our memory. It takes things very literally. So to open your mind in dream time, a great strategy for this is to align your conscious mind with your unconscious. By literally, you can just close your eyes and think about a really good place, maybe a place you've been or a place you want to go. For me, every morning when I get up, I close my eyes and I go to Kanapali Beach. And I literally dream it. I, I smell the, the, the salt water from the ocean. 
I hear the birds flying by, I literally touch the sand. And although I'm up in Canada in Winnipeg in the middle of winter, my unconscious body mind doesn't know the difference. It's in dream time. And we're doing this when we're sleeping at night anyways. You know, when you have a dream and you, it literally feels like you're there. Your body doesn't know the difference. It's the conscious mind that has the filter that goes, no, hang on, you're, you know, you're in the middle of winter. You're not in Hawaii. But the powerful effects of this, besides it saving you a lot of air miles, is that when you go into dream time, um, you can change your entire physiology and your entire state. So somebody that's feeling very anxious and stressed, if they were to close their eyes, pause, breathe, and go to a good place and invoke their senses and wake up the senses of really being there, um, you literally dream yourself into a new reality. Yeah. And it's transformative when that happens. So that's, that, to me, is what it would mean to open your mind in dream time. So how can an open mind prevent disease? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Well, all dis-ease, and I, I take this directly from my mentor, Louise Hay, um, all dis-ease is inflammation in the body. It's um, our body, kino. Um, kino in Hawaii means an extremely condensed collection of thoughts. The Hawaiians, the ancient Hawaiians believed your body was made up of an extremely focused, condensed collection of thoughts because it's memory. So when our thoughts are negative, when our thoughts are out of alignment, uh, we get stressed, our body tightens up, just consider how this happens. Then all of a sudden, the blood flow kind of gets constricted, and there's inflammation in the body, and all of a sudden, it turns into dis-ease. Our, um, our unconscious mind, our body, is trying to give us uh, information and inspiration to shift things. It goes, oh, you've got a tightening in your chest, pay attention, something's out of alignment. Um, on a physical level, that's happening. So the beautiful thing about mindfulness is to take the breath, to start paying attention, to notice the sensations in the body, and to know that it might be correlated with a memory. Like this morning, uh, to be honest, I woke up with a bit of a stiff neck, and instead of going, oh, it's just a stiff neck, I actually was thinking, literally, because my body's little, who is my pain in the neck right now that's causing me this? You know, it's, it's so literal. This, the, I've got a gut feeling, you know. Listen to your heart. The body holds so much wisdom. I still have to figure out who my pain in the neck is as I'm talking. I'm not sure who it is yet. But there's something or someone that's causing it. I know it. My body's holding it as a memory right now. It's amazing how, how much information we get if we really do pay attention to what the body's doing and saying. How Absolutely. do you see how do you see the world changing as a result of pe- people taking on this practice? What's the potential yeah. here? Well, I think the potential is a lot more harmony and peace and alignment on the planet. Um, I think when we start, instead of just relying solely on our conscious thinking mind, we start tuning into our heart wisdom, into our body wisdom. Some would say in in the mindfulness um, principles that spirit can only come through the unconscious mind. That's where we're informed and inspired. It doesn't come directly to the thinking mind. So as we start learning how to listen to those inner cues, those little whispers, you know, that, that soft little whisper on the heart that says, take this trip or write this book or start this radio show. I'm sure at some point you had that. When we start listening to that place, we get into alignment and the potential on the planet. If we all started really honoring our intuition and noticing it, um, the potential is more alignment, more peace, more unity, more connection, 
more beauty and creativity and expansiveness in that way. And I, I believe our world is headed in that direction, although it may appear otherwise at times. Um, it's just well, it's, Keith, it's regulating that's, that's the world I want to live in, and I'll align my thoughts with yours. It's hard to believe, but we're already out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Our guest this hour has been Keith McPherson. Keith is the author of Making Sense of Mindfulness, Five Principles to Integrate Mindfulness Practice into Your Daily Life. His website, keithmcpherson.ca. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up in missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues to bring information, resources, and support to an evolving world. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 
401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.